Hello! I am Matt Williamson. It is Friday, March 8, March 30th. This is the Locked On Podcast. How's everyone this fine Friday evening? Maybe you'll listen to it over the weekend. Uh, opening day in baseball. Actually, yesterday was. I was happened to watch the Pirate game, went to extra innings. I've been doing this almost two decades. You're in good hands to talk football. Not a lot to discuss around the league, and if you guys don't realize it, um, owner meetings just ended, ended, but it's it's getting to be the time where NFL decision makers and coaches and the people that make you know, all decisions, thus decision makers, Matt, there you go, are going to start locking down, you know, that it's start to really build draft boards. I mean, that's what's going to be happening these next couple weeks. And so therefore, we're going to have to get into the draft a little bit more too. But there won't be a lot of news, there won't be a lot of signings, stuff here and there. But for the most part, those guys, and I've been a part of it, and it's pretty awesome, they go early in the morning, spend an entire day there, maybe get a half hour, hour lunch, run down, get a workout in, shower, go back up into the war room, and and really start building boards, position by position. You know, the defensive line coach comes in for defensive line, and he's watching guys now. I mean, it's early for that. I mean, it's not war room time, but they're all finalizing their grades, putting their reports together. Like I alluded to, the position coaches are really getting involved right now, too. Um, so, there's not a lot that's going to be happening. But there is a lot happening behind the scenes. You know, these guys are formulating opinions in a big way. Um, I know there were some rule changes. I haven't really dug into them. But from what I've seen about the catch roll, I'm happy about that. Uh, it sounds like, and, and I told you guys, you know, a while back that when Goodell said, we're going to start from scratch on the catch roll, I was like, good. You know, don't just try to put band-aids on this seeping wound. Start over. And from what I understand, it's a lot more like when we were playing in the backyard and Joe Blow, average football fan, would look at it and say, that looks like a catch. Well, it's a catch. You know, I mean, it's not exactly at that point, but that's where it needs to be, and I think that they've made progress there. The other rule change that I really don't like is this college targeting situation, you know, where you're going to get ejected and things like that. I think it's terrible. I just think it's going to impact teams so much. Luke Keekley inadvertently quotes target somebody in a playoff game in the first quarter and he gets carted off. You know, like, oh, come on, man. I, I always thought that those type of situations slash frag, frag, flagrant fouls slash, um, you know, all these different infractions or illegal situations, not holding and things, but I mean like dirty plays, you should get like a yellow card, I think that's how soccer works. I'm going to pretend like I know how soccer works. Basically, you get a warning. And on your second offense of any flagrant nature, dirty nature, you immediately get the axe. You know, then, then you're then you're out. I think that's the way to do it. All right, all right. So I had mentioned maybe we would do Twitter Friday. Um, I'm thinking about if I have some free time this weekend, I might just do a Twitter questions again. But I wrote an article for my website, williamsonfootball.com, that's not super intriguing, but it was just something I noticed, and things I like to do this time of year are, you know, as Vito Corleone taught us, think as those around you think. And 
I think it's interesting where three teams stand with the quarterback changes they made. So I'm just going to kind of scan this article that I wrote and just explain to you how my thought, you know, my thought process and some of the numbers behind it. So last year we know the Browns didn't win a game. And were they talented? No. Were they a 0-16 talent base? No, they weren't. They turned the ball over 41 times. That's seven more than any other offense in the league. And not surprisingly, they had the worst turnover differential as well. I mean, awful. And a lot of that was Kaiser. And we remember a lot of red zone interceptions. And, you know, uh, but you can't win that way. Who is second on that list? Denver. They had 34 turnovers. And again, Denver and the Browns were clearly the worst turnover differential. So not only did they turn the ball over, they didn't create turnovers either. But because of all, I mean, the, the obviously culprit in that equation, though, is 41 turnovers, 34 turnovers, you know. So the Browns won zero games. Denver won five games. The last team to discuss here, the Redskins turned the ball over 27 times. Only the Browns and Denver, who were far above everybody else, and the Browns were far below, I guess is a way to say it, Miami, Oakland, and Houston turned it more more often turned the ball over more often than Washington. So they were sixth most turnovers. We understand what happened in Cleveland, Kaiser, you know, and we talked about I know Denver turned the ball over way too much, and I've said many times that Denver's defense got no help from their offense and special teams. Miami didn't have Tannehill for the year, and Cutler was a turnover machine. Carr wasn't himself, to say the least, and nothing went well for Oakland. And Houston went through a couple quarterbacks as well, and I do think Deshaun Watson is going to turn the ball over a lot. But that's a different story for a different day. So like I said, the Browns and Broncos had the worst turnover ratio and turned the ball over a remarkable number of times, and Washington wasn't far behind. So what am I going at with this? And you probably can read the tea leaves, and all of us realize that I mean, you guys are smart fans. Turnovers lose games. I mean, the facts, the the stats bear it out unbelievably well. You know that if you turn the ball over a lot, you are not going to win football games. Those things need corrected. I'm sure coaches, when the season ended, said, "Wow, we got to cut down on turnovers." I mean, Cleveland would not have been if they would have been league average in turnovers. I bet they win three, four games. You know what I mean? They're not great, but it's the difference between an 0 and 16 season. Turn ball over 41 times in 16 games. So, if you notice, Kaiser, Simeon, Cousins, different reasons for Cousins, but they're all out. And who'd they bring in? Tyrod Taylor, Case Keenum, Alex Smith. Now, Taylor and Smith rightfully have a very you know, long history of valuing the football and some of that works against them like they don't always pull the trigger when they should taylor's a really good deep passer though and smith was quite effective with that this year and smith pulled the trigger more than he has you know probably with mahomes breathing down his neck and but those guys are known as great protectors of the football well that's a big deal you know i mean their teams where they're going to did not protect the football last year and i urge you and maybe we'll talk about this down the road too, but this Cousins-the-Viking move, 
isn't sitting with me well, and I think he's an overrated player, and I've done more homework on it, and I wrote one from a fantasy angle where I think his fantasy stock takes a dip, and his turnover situation last year was not good at all, which is who he used to be. So I don't think it's an accident that you bring in Tyrod Taylor and Smith, guys that value the football considering what you've had there the last year. And part of it's because Aaron Rodgers wasn't available or Tom Brady. You know, you didn't have a ton to pick from. But it's not an accident that stylistically that's what they went after, you know. So a couple stats here I just want to, you know, I just scrolled over over these guys, you know, pages on ESPN.com and just looked at the numbers. Taylor started 44 games in Buffalo. And he attempted a little over 1,200 passes during that those three years. Only 16 interceptions. You know, that's crazy. So his ratio is one interception per every 77 and a quarter passes thrown. It's like th- every three games he throws a pick. I mean, that's for a career. That's a pretty big sample size. You know, that was 44-game sample size. That's odd. I mean, that's unreal. As for Smith, who before this exercise, I would have guessed had the best ratio I could find. Um... This past year, he didn't play Week 17. Remember, Mahomes sat, you know, played that one because the game didn't really matter. Threw for over 4,000 yards, which is 540 yards more than any other uh, season in his career. He still only turned the ball over six times, you know, and that was one of those was a fumble. Five interceptions, one fumble, despite throwing for over 4,000 yards, and that was in 15 games. Over the past seven years. Smith has played 102 games through almost 3,100 passes, 3,099, and only 43 interceptions. So his ratio is one out of 72 throws are an interception, where Taylor's was one out of every 77 and a quarter. That's still crazy, though. I mean, so if you if you measure it out to say how many how many passes does Smith throw? on average per game over this stretch, a seven-year stretch. That's a long stretch. Basically, he's thrown one interception every 10 quarters of play. So he goes like two and a half games between interceptions on average. That's crazy, you know? I mean, again, these are big changes from what went on in their their new teams from, you know, with these new guys. Keenum is a tougher one. Because he's more of a risk taker with the football. Um, he doesn't have the body of work as a starter that these guys do. you know. But if we only look at this past year, he played 15 games. He was under a lot of pressure. And not only did he not turn the ball over in those harsh circumstances, but he also didn't take many sacks. So in those 15 games... He fumbled once, and he only threw seven interceptions. You know, but he also made quite a few big plays and held the ball, and you know, extended plays and things quite well too. So he's not quite in the same category because we don't have the huge body of work. But considering what Denver had last year in Simeon and second most turnovers in the league. That's a big jump in that department, you know, and again, that brings me back to like the Vikings, his old team, that if they can, the Broncos, if the Broncos can play defense and not turn the ball over and 
maybe the offensive line's a little better, and obviously the quarterback play, they're banking on being much better. They're paying quite a bit of money. I mean, to jump up from Simeon and Lynch and those guys isn't asking much. That can really pay off on a game-to-game basis if you're turning the ball over once less per game, something like that. So I, I just thought that was a fun little thing to chat about. Um, that's all I got. I mean, just a short little show today. Uh, I urge you to check check me out on Twitter. Send me a note, anything you want to talk about, at Williamson NFL. Uh, my site, WilliamsonFootball.com, is really uh, taking shape. There's a few little kinks for those of you that subscribe. It's going to tell you you subscribed it to the snake pit, but that'll get fixed in the next day or so. Um, that's not the case. If you sign up, you will be you know a member of WilliamsonFootball.com. And that's a wrap. Have a wonderful weekend. Maybe we will talk over the weekend, or if any news breaks, we'll I'll scurry down to the bar here and have a little chat with you all. Take care.